0: you to take your Bible to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 reads like this. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Folks, I have been preaching a series of messages entitled Finding Freedom. We talked about freedom from fear. We talked about freedom from guilt. Last week, we discussed freedom from bitterness. And today, I want to talk to you about freedom from stress. Now, I understand, folks, that we'll always have incidents and we'll always have times of stress in our life. But it doesn't have to consume us. It doesn't have to control us. An officer was patrolling traffic and he noticed a vehicle that was just creeping along, so he put his radar on that vehicle. It was only going 22 miles per hour. So the officer jumps in, pulls the vehicle over, and there's an old lady driving the vehicle. And he says to that elderly lady, ma'am, you were only going 22, and going that slow could be hazardous. The speed limit, she said, wait, no. She said, I was going the speed limit. She said, the sign said, 22. He said, oh, no, 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 ma'am. That's the highway you're on. You're on Highway 22. Oh, she said, oh, silly me. And then he looks in the back seat, and he sees two elderly ladies. They've got distressed looks on their faces. They're shaking, and he says to those two ladies, are you all okay? And they said, yes, but... We just got off Highway 121. (laughs) Stress. There'll always be moments of stress. Always. A dad was always bringing work home every night. And finally, his daughter said, Dad, why do you have to bring work home every night? He said, Well, honey, I can't get it all done at work. And she said, well, Daddy, have them put you in a slower group. (laughs) Well, wouldn't it be neat sometimes in life if we could be put in a slower group and didn't have to deal with all the stress and all the anxiety and all the problems and all the perplexities that we have to deal with in life? I was studying and I found out this very month, this month of April, is literally National Stress Awareness Month. There are 40 million Americans that give this testimony, 40 million Americans that say, we are stressed out. We are stressed out. Now, these are the top things that Americans are stressed out about. I researched them. Number one, their job, their job. Number two, money, money. Number three, their health. Number four, relationships. Number five, poor diet. Number six, media overload. Number seven, lack of sleep. Number eight, getting out of the parking lot at Rock Springs after the service. (laughs) I just added that one. It was really not real. A few weeks ago, I was preaching in a place called Kosciuszko, Mississippi, the metropolis of Kosciuszko, Mississippi, and I I go down to a gym there in Kosciuszko, Mississippi because I want to work out. And by the way, while I'm talking about stress, let me just say, say this, folks, 20 minutes of exercise activates the pituitary gland, which releases endorphins into your system that does as much to tranquil the body as a mild tranquilizer. Now, I was there in Kosciuszko. I go down to a gym, by the way, that's the, that's the birthplace of, of Oprah Winfrey. But I go down to a gym there and uh, I ask, Can I work out for a few days? They say, Sure, you can. Sure you can. Fill out some information on the computer. So I go in, I get on the treadmill, the TV's on, and the Today Show happens to come on. I'm watching the Today Show, and they've got a guy named Dr. Drew Ramsey. And Dr. Drew Ramsey talks about three ways that we can deal with stress. First of all, he says, <laughs> you've got to learn to say no. No. You've got to learn to say no. And when he said that, I said, what in the world am I doing in Cosesco, Mississippi? (laughs) Louis Giglio said, for everything you say yes to, you say no to something else. He said, you better make sure your yes is worth your less. You know what causes stress, folks? Here's many times what causes stress. When your gut says no, but your mouth says, I'll be glad to. So he talked about you've got to learn to say no. And here, here's one thing I, there was a pastor who really spoke into my life, and he, he gave me a word, folks. It was just one of those Rima words, you knew it was from God. He said, I Always remember, Benny, he said, I know you like to say yes to everybody, but he said, You're saying no. I said, what do you mean? He said, many times when you're saying yes to everybody else, you're saying no to your wife. You're saying no to your daughter. He said, I always remember, you're saying no to somebody. Every time you say yes to somebody else, you're saying no to somebody else. So he talked about And then the second thing he talked about was breathing. And I won't camp here long, but he talked about, he said, as far as breathing, he said, uh, try this. He said, uh, close your mouth. For some of us, that's hard. He said, close your mouth, inhale through your nose, count to five, and slowly release. I thought, that feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. I mean, folks, it doesn't change anything permanently. People said, I don't like the fact that he uses humor. Well, I don't think humor changes anything permanently. Humor is kind of like changing a baby's diaper. It doesn't change anything permanently, but it makes it more pleasant for a little while. Amen? <laughs> and then there was a third thing that he said do. He said in order to deal with stress, he said that we need connection. And I love this. He said that connection doesn't come through a tweet. It doesn't come through a type. It doesn't come through a text. He said it comes through human connection. This is all I'm going to say, folks. This is all I'm going to say. I'm going to get off this point because I can get anointed on it all by myself. We know how to tweet. We know how to type. We know how to text, but we don't know how to talk. We know how to tweet. We know how to text. We know how to type, but we don't know how to talk. We don't know how to have relationships because we've equated that with relationships. And by the way, that is not relationship. That is not relationship. Okay. I thought that's good. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate what Dr. Drew Ramsey said, but I'll tell you something. I like what Paul teaches in the Word of God better. I like what Paul, because according to verse 7 of the text, Paul gives us a guarantee for dealing with stress. And I just want to give you the points. I want to give you the point. Let me, let, me, let me say this one. You say, oh, pastor, I don't write anything down. Let me tell you something. Writing it down one time is the equivalent to reading it 11 times. Writing it down one time is the equivalent to reading it 11 times. You say, well, I'll remember it. No, I know most of you are not that smart. Anyway, listen. (laughs) How, How, Pastor Benny, how can I deal with stress? How can stress not control my life? Well, Paul tells us, and it's in the Bible. Step number one, Paul said, refuse to worry about anything. Refuse to worry. Look what verse six says: "Be careful for nothing." Now, what does that mean? Well, here's what it means: Don't worry about anything. You said, "What about the children?" Don't worry about anything. What about the finances? Don't worry about anything. What about the doctor's report? Don't worry about anything. I I mean, folks, I'm just being honest with you. That's pretty. That's pretty straightforward. Well, what, what about what's coming up? No, no, no. He said, "Don't worry about anything." What that means. Never anytime. time. You say, well, Pastor, I, I'm stressed because I'm overworked. You're probably not stressed because you're overworked. You're probably stressed because you're overworried. Don't worry about anything. You say, well, I'm just a worry wart. That's not anything to brag about. Worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't take you anywhere. <laughs> worry won't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It will empty today of its strength is what Corey Ten Boom said. Let me tell you what worry is. Worry is stewing without doing. He tells us right off the bat, refuse to worry about anything. Now, when he says to me, refuse to worry about anything, I always ask the why or how would I do that? Well, he tells us in step number two. He says, talk to God about everything. Look what he said in verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything but prayer. And supplication went just, by the way, that's a big word. It just means asking. But everything by prayer and asking. So we talk to God about everything. He said, the secrets, don't panic, but pray. He said, the secrets, don't worry, but worship. Talk to God, ladies and gentlemen, about everything. I heard about a guy that was so stressed out, he decided he'd end his life. He goes to a bridge, and he's planning to jump off, and an officer drives up, and he says, oh, friend, don't do it. It can't be that bad. I don't care what your situation is. It can't be that bad. Don't do it. He said, tell me about it. He said, well, my wife has left me with my best friend. He said, oh, that's not good. He said, my business has gone bankrupt. He said, oh, that's not good. He said, my car engine blew up. He said, oh, that's not good. He said, my children won't speak to me. He said, oh, no, that's not good. They talked about 30 minutes and then both jumped off the bridge. (laughs) So what do we need to do? Here's what we need to do, folks. We need to talk to God, not others. We need to talk to, I love that old song that says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And, you know, sometimes we say, well, I don't want to bother him with little things. Well, I want to ask you something. What's big to him anyway? What's big to him anyway? Well, I mean, what, what, what's big to him? I mean, by the way, he's an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. What's big to God? I, I love the story about the guy that's hitchhiking down the road and got his backpack on and guy picks him up. He gets in the back of the truck and he's riding down the road and After a little while, the guy looks in the truck, and the man's standing back there, and he's got his backpack on. And he pulls the truck over and says, Sir, you can take your backpack off. You can take your backpack off. Sit down. Take your backpack off. And the old boy said, I didn't know if this truck could handle me and my backpack too. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something, folks. God can handle everything. God can handle everything. So, you said, Pastor, how can I I deal with my stress? I'll tell you how you do. You don't worry about anything. You talk to God about everything. And let me tell you something. You thank Him. You thank God in all things. Look what verse 6 says. Everything but prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let me tell you something, folks. Thanksgiving is advantageous to your life. Do you realize this? If you have a thankful spirit, it strengthens your immune system. A lady came up to me today and said, my husband didn't want me to come up and see you. And I said, didn't want me. He, he, my husband wants me to stay right with him. I said, oh, is that right? She said, he's freed off. I'll, I'll catch the flu. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. If we just develop a thankful spirit, it strengthens our immune system. Let me tell you, do you know, folks, it's a proven fact. Medicine teaches us this. If we develop a thankful spirit, we'll sleep better at night. Somebody told me the other night, said, man, I slept like a baby. I thought, you never had a baby. (laughs) What do we mean slept like a baby? That's getting up every two hours, okay? Did you know if you develop a, a thankful spirit, You'll have more energy. Did you know if you develop a thankful spirit, it's a remedy for depression? See, I believe the more you praise, the more you raise. And I believe the more you complain, the less you obtain. Thank God for dirty dishes, for they have a tale to tell. While others are going hungry, we're doing very well. With home health and happiness, we should not make a fuss. By the stack of evidence before us, God's been very good to us. I I love to tell the story about the lady gets up One morning, she's got three hairs on her head. And she says, You know, I believe I'll plaid my hair today. And she gets up the next morning, she's got two hairs on her head. And she says, You know, I believe I'll part my hair in the middle. She gets up the next morning, she's got one hair on her head. She said, You know, I believe I'll wear my hair in a ponytail today. She gets up the next morning, she's just as bald as can be. And she said, Thank God I don't have to do my hair today. You know what I know? From the day of your birth to the ride in the hearse, things are never so bad that they couldn't be worse. I have people all the time coming to me and say, Pastor, I need you to help me find God's will. I need you to find, help me find God's will. Well, I'm going to help you find it today. I'm help every one of you find it in a matter of seconds. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want to know what God's will is for you? You want to know what God's will is for you? You want to know what God's will is for you? It is quit being grumbly, hateful, and start being humbly grateful, and thank God for all the things he's done for you. That's the will of God. Let me tell you the fourth thing he tells us. He says, think about good things. Think about good things. The Bible says in Philippians 4 and 8, look what it says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. See, folks, it's G-I-G-O. Garbage in, garbage out. And listen, if you feed on everything Hollywood's producing, it's garbage in. If you feed on rotten music, it's garbage in. See, folks, you, you can't get it out once it goes in. Folks, if all we do is watch people who want to pit people against other people, we've missed it. We've, I don't care who it is, folks. It's wrong if your focus in life is trying to pit somebody against somebody else. It's garbage in, garbage out. And the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You say, but oh, Brother Benny, you don't know the thoughts that come to my mind. Yes, I do, because they come to my mind. But I do know this. We can't keep the birds from flying over our head, but we can keep them from nesting in our hair. Oh, folks, let me tell you something. The thought enters. Oh, it enters, but you got a choice. You, 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 you can entertain the thought. You can enjoy the thought. If you're not careful before long, you'll be experiencing the thought. But you've got a choice of whether or not this is good or this is bad. This is good or this is bad. Think about good things. Let me give you the, give me the last point. Be content with anything. Look what verse 11 says. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith be content. You say, what, Pastor? The man who said that had no ambition. No ambition. He was taking the gospel across the Roman Empire, he had all kinds of ambition. I want you to understand, contentment is not apathy. It's not laziness. Contentment is not a sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be attitude. Contentment is enjoying what I have right now and not waiting for something to happen in order to be happy. Contentment is enjoying what I have right now and not waiting for something to happen in order to be happy. A lot of people live what I refer to as destination's disease. They say, oh, I'm single, but if I get married, I'll be happy. No, no, no. No, you won't. Not if you're not happy single all you're going to do is make somebody else unhappy. No, no, it's it's destination disease. What contentment is is saying, I'm going to enjoy what I have right now. I'm going to enjoy where I am right now, and I'm not going to wait for something else to happen in order to have happiness in my life. So, Pastor, how can I? How can I learn to be content? Let me let me give you three quick steps and I'm done. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. Number 1, and this may be the most important. Stop comparing. Stop comparing. Second Corinthians says comparing themselves among themselves is not wise. Mark Twain said, "Comparison is the death of joy." And what we do, we compare our weaknesses with somebody else's strengths. Quick, quick comparing. Be you. Just be you. You're wonderfully, gloriously created by God. Quick, quick comparing. Quick comparing yourself to somebody else. Why? Why would you want to? Why would you want to be a copycat when God created you an original? But you want to be a copycat? Just be who God's made you to be and get security in who God's made you to be. You were wonderfully and gloriously created by him anyway. Be who you is because if you is who you ain't, you ain't who you is. Just be you. God created a wonderful you. Stop comparing. Number two, stop thinking having more is better. Stop thinking having more is better. Your self-worth is not based on your net worth. Listen, don't put your security in what can be taken away from you. Don't put your security in what can be taken away from you. You know what your portfolio really is? You tell me everything you have that money can't buy and death can't take away. And that will tell me how rich you are. You know who's more content? The man with 7 million dollars or the man with 7 children? The man with 7 children because he don't want any more. Stop thinking, ladies and gentlemen. Having more is better. Let me tell you something else. (laughs) Learn to admire without having to acquire. Learn to admire without having to acquire. See, folks, we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. But every time you catch them, they refinance. <laughs> Learn. Let me just Years ago, I said, Barbara, you know what would be so good for me? That's a problem when we're talking about what would be so good for me. I said, you know, Barbara, what would be so good for me? A hot tub. She said, I said, oh, Barbara, it would help me so much. It would help my back in the winter. You know, you can justify anything, by the way. I said, it would help my back in the winter. And uh, we put one out on the back porch. The only problem in the winter, folks, when you get in that hot tub, you got to get out of it and you freeze yourself to death. (laughs) But I said, Barbara, we really need it. How long did it last, Pastor? One year. One year. For 10 years, that jammy was never filled up. Stuff piled on it on the back porch. Never filled up. I I sold our home. And I said, you know, Barbara, what I'm going to do? I think we can make some more money. She said, how? I said, I'm going to tell them the hot tub stays. (laughs) I said to my real estate agent who's in the church, what can I get out of the hot tub? I'm going to let it stay. He said, not one dime. I said, well, in light of that, I'm going to throw it in with the house. He said, they always do. They always do. See, folks, it's a great day when we can learn to admire without having to acquire. But we live in a world where the desire to acquire has gone haywire. And we've got self on our mind and Calvin Klein on our behind. And we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like because we got to look a certain way. We got to keep the image up. I'm 48, but they think I'm 25. No, they don't. They think you're 48. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, (laughs) let me tell you something, folks. There's benefits to just admiring it. Think about it. You don't have to clean it or dust it. You don't have to insure it. You don't have to paint it. You don't have to polish it. And you don't have to feed it. (laughs) Oh <laughs> Benny's about brown it on to he's dead. Anyway. <laughs> listen. You say, Pastor, all this is great on stress. We just we refuse to worry. Yeah. We do that. We we pray. Yeah, yeah, Pastor Ben, we do that. We thank God. Yeah. We 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 think about positive things. Oh, yeah, that's it. And we become content with what we have. Now, if I heard this message just like you did today, what I would say, that's wonderful in theory, but give me some handles, preacher. And I want to end by giving you the handle of how to do this. He told us to do all this in Philippians 4, and then he told us how we can do it. Look what verse 13 says. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. How can we do it, ladies and gentlemen? He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. It's through Jesus Christ. For us to have peace in our lives, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to come to the Prince of Peace. That's why the scripture says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now. repeat a simple prayer with me i'll pray the prayer you repeat it with me if you'd like to accept christ as your personal savior lord jesus i'm a sinner but god i'm sorry for my sin i'm so sorry i want to change i believe that you died for my sin and i confess my sin to you right now Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.